Hey guys, you're here with Dr. Molly and Todd Rowland, and we're bringing you the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. Today, we're here with Ellie Boltemeyer, and we're going to be talking about working on your business and not in your business. So, hey, good morning. Thank you for being here with us today. Um, let's just get started with just a little bit of background of how you got into grooming and how you got into kind of business ownership, and we'll go from there. Hey guys, um, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, and I have enjoyed having you guys in my classes at the some seminars, several actually. Um, it's always super fun to see familiar faces. I kind of gravitate towards those people when I'm teaching. Um, so I fell into grooming, to be honest. I didn't kind of seek it out. Um, I was right out of high school. I needed a job. I went into PetSmart and applied for literally any position they had. And I started as a cashier and eventually they, after like a month, approached me to say, hey, we're opening this salon in the back. Do you Are you interested in being a bather? So through, um, <laughs> through a series of events, I was trained through PetSmart to become a groomer. I still don't know that I'd really classify it as being trained. <laughs> um, it, I had about a month of bathing training and then I went to academy for uh four weeks in the middle of winter so we only had like one dog um because I went to academy in Ohio so it was like a snowstorm the whole time it was a disaster so I came back and was bounced around from salon to salon they just were trying to get me trained um I worked my two-year commitment with them and then I went to a private salon and I was basically retrained there. So that's where I kind of learned about the grooming industry, because I think there's a whole nother side of it that many people don't know about with the trade shows and the continuing education side of it and all of those things that I'm super passionate about now. I didn't know about for the longest time, um, and it would have been super helpful to know about that. Oh, yeah. So my goal... Yeah, my goal now is just to kind of fill people with as much information as I can as I meet them. So um, now my husband and I run a business called Smoochie Pooch. We have 11 locations across northern Indiana and uh, four mobiles. And it's a very full-time <laughs> gig, but we have a really, really good team of people helping us out. And we also uh, own Retro Stylist Wear, the grooming apparel company. Um, and that's just our little side hobby fun that we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with the Smoochie Poochie, um, if I remember correctly, you guys don't actually have like a full management staff. You kind of self-manage, yeah. but, you know, get everyone to, I don't know, kind of, yeah. well, you know, to where they're where they need to be as far as like policies, procedures, you know, accountability, and then you guys manage from there. Is that correct? That is correct. So we have we have a team of customer service representatives, um, and they answer all of our phones for us and schedule the appointments throughout the days. Uh, they do follow up calls and all of those things. We do have a lead in that position who helps us with. A number of things, but she kind of fields all of the littler things for us. So time off requests, um, 
things like customer complaints that are pretty minor go to her. If they escalate, they go to me. And then if they get really bad, they go to Brett. Yeah. Um, so, so we have a stepping stone type situation, if that makes sense. But for the most part, um, him and I manage everything. Uh, we do that because we have a very specific hiring process. So when we look at adding someone to our team, while we do look at things like safety, quality, things of that nature, we're really more focused on personality. So the first step of our interview process is literally just a phone call with me, just kind of getting to know the person. Can I hold a conversation with this person? Would they fit in with the team that I think that, you know, because I have different different personalities in different salons. I have some that are a little bit high strung. I have some that are super quiet, just, you know, put their headphones in, groom and that sort of thing. So we really go based off of personality and whether or not we think that person would fit in with that team. And that has been, that has been a blessing, honestly, since we started doing that, you know, we used to hire, oh, it's a groomer. We need a groomer and we would hire them. But realistically, at the end of the day, I can teach anyone's skills. Yeah. So if they have that right personality and maybe they need a little bit of refinement to meet our quality standards, I can teach that. Right. I can't teach personality. No. Yeah, we uh, we agree. Like uh, we think that culture is like one of the top things. And I mean, it's not just kind of we think it like I did that my dissertation on them well, female employee turnover specifically in the private industry. And like, that was one of the top things It was culture. And it was like, you know, either toxic employees, toxic managers, you know, and it's just like, you don't realize how quickly one bad, you know, fit can tear down a salon. And then you see getting rid of them, there's the positivity and, you know, the motivation. And it's just like almost like an instant change. And it's like, do you want to lose your whole team over a bad fit? Or do you want to lose the bad fit? You know, that, you know, maybe it's just not, maybe it's not them, but it's just not the right place for them or something like that. So I don't know. Exactly. Know that and realize that, and it's such a big part of your interview. Yeah, we see so many people that they believe that they can't let this person go because you know they're booked out six weeks and they don't know what they're going to do without them. And it's like, well, you're going to run off your other three groomers in that salon because of this one person. So, you know, it just amazes me how people will keep a toxic employee. And it's, you know, I would say on the other side of that too, like it can be very difficult because typically those people aren't quote unquote toxic when they come in. Right. So you develop a relationship with them, even if they are a thorn in your side to some degree, like you, I think we all like to see the best in people. Um, So it is, it is difficult to let those people go, but at the end of the day, it's a relief. Yeah. You know, I, we've, we've gone back and forth on some people throughout the years of just like, it's just a constant problem. And then they finally either leave themselves or we let them go. But that sigh of relief is so worth it. In the end, it's so worth it. Even dealing with the customers and rescheduling and trying to either train a new groomer or hire one or whatever the case may be. It is a relief to get rid of those toxic individuals. 
um, because it can just bring everybody down. Yeah. Yeah. It was to the point, you know, we've, we've luckily haven't had to let too many go. Like you said, they're usually themselves (laughs) out after a time, you know, they're, they don't enjoy that environment either, you know, if they're Uh a good fit and, but the ones you have, it's just like, you, you know, the first one I had to let go. I mean, I thought about it for six months and it was like, oh, da, 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 da. And then I finally you know, did. And it was just like a relief because every day it was like, well, what's going to happen today? What's going to go wrong today? What's going to, you know, so I, as a business owner, it was like, that was my first person I'd had to let go. And it was like, yeah, it was just a hard decision, but it, you know, that taught me that, you know, I need, if, if you have tried and you're, team has tried and it's just it they've they've tried and it's still just not a good fit like for everybody's sake you just have to do it so yeah and it's it's hard I think um Todd maybe you can (laughs) you can attest to this but I think it's harder for us women than it is for men to some degree because we just think overthink everything and put emotions into it so I do think to some degree, it can be easier to have like a partner to help you with that. That's maybe. Well, and I think it, it made it easier too once Molly stepped away from grooming because she would yes. actually, instead of grooming all day and just being there, now she sees from above what's actually going on. And yeah. it, you can let that person go because one now one of us can step in and help or, or whatever and smooth the transition. Yeah. Until we are able to find a replacement. But when you're grooming six days a week, 10 hours a day, and you're thinking about letting someone go that's not a good fit, you ha- you have no way to work those dogs in. So yeah. I feel like you're you're able to make better decisions, or we are now that Molly is not involved in actually grooming every day. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about your transition out of grooming, because um, do you groom at all right now, or is it just kind no. of you have to train someone? Okay. Yeah, and- I don't groom at all anymore. Um, it was a long one. It was a long transition. It didn't happen overnight. It took about two years. Um, I went from five days to four days, did that for a little bit. And then I went to three days. I did that for quite a while. Um, Part of it too was, you know, we have seven kids, all school age to baby. So that was some of it, you know, having the flexibility of being able to get them to school and all their events and all of those things was a big part of it. Right. Um, so I worked three days a week for probably a year. Um, and I really started tapering back my client load to only those people I absolutely had to do. Right. Um, and then, you know, I trained someone to kind of take my place, so to speak, during that time. And ultimately that did not work out. But, <laughs> um, you know, I what, what it really came down to for me, which isn't going to be for everyone, is I was forced to. So I ended up having to get carpal tunnel and cubital tunnel surgery in both arms. Um, so I had my wrists and elbows in both arms. And after that, I couldn't groom anymore. I lost all the strength in my hands. Um, I still struggle. I can barely get through a full groom. Um, so it's, it was kind of a force quit for me. I think that we forget how badly we kind of tear our bodies apart. Yes. Um, but it was good too. I feel so much better now that I'm not grooming. 
some days I wish I could just go and groom a full day and be quiet and not have people in my ear constantly. But I genuinely really love building our team up and taking part in the development of the company. I think it's really cool going from being a groomer and having that mentality of, you know, I've, I feel like I've been in all the places, you know, you see on Facebook groups, oh, we deserve 50%. You know, at one point, although I hate to admit it, I was there, you know, (laughs) years ago at one, at one point I was, and now just understanding the business side of things and what it really takes to run a business has been extremely eye-opening and it's just really rewarding too. Yeah. So I don't think it's easy to get yourself out of the business if you are grooming full-time, um, but it's totally doable. And usually I feel like it takes training someone um, to kind of even if it is to take over some roles at a time. So, you know, if you're in your business and you're doing every single part of it, train someone to do the phones, start there, you know, just start small or train someone to groom and taper off days or even taper off dogs per day. So maybe you're still grooming five days a week, but you're only grooming two dogs a day or three dogs a day. Um, I think there are a lot of different ways to do it, and I don't think there's a right or wrong way, but you cannot fully work on your business if you're in it every day. You don't have the time or the energy or the mental capacity at the end of the day, at night, when you're exhausted, after you put your kids to bed, after you take care of the dogs, after all of the things to then go and do your your books or schedule those appointments that got missed because you were grooming during the day or, you know, do all of the things that you need to do. Yeah. We, our business became more profitable once Molly stepped away because, you know, even though we lost her income from her grooming herself, it's like we caught all the things that were being missed. So was this exactly who forgot to add this own and all this stuff. It's like, you actually, you're not working on the books at midnight. Exactly. (laughs) You're tired and exhausted. You're able to do it during the day when you're fresh. And so when we had the time to, we sat down with every software provider and went through their demo and actually found one that fit all of our needs. And that actually took stuff off our plate that we were manually, you know, I was using the maps app and, you know, logging this appointment to this appointment, how many minutes, what part of, you know, the city it was in. And now you click a button and it, you know, does their whole thing. And, you know, I know there's a lot of them that do that. And, you know, we have had the salon and then the mobiles and the one we were using, they were all together. So they were all getting messages for all of the things. And it was very hard to not miss stuff. And so now we have, you know, separate, separate clicks of a button for salon and mobiles. And there's just so many things scheduling, like, you know, our salon, the groomers, you know, they just had their own, there was a phone up there and they answered it, returned and scheduled when they could. And once I completely removed myself from grooming, I took that over and it was like, I mean, I'd say we saw almost a 30, 40% jump in bookings just from me actually getting back to every person that called in or texted or, you know, things that you didn't even realize were getting missed. Like we thought we were in a slow season, but really it's just, we needed someone to answer that phone and not be someone who I was also grooming full-time. And I don't know, it's just, I mean, in a matter of months, we've realized we've outgrown our space and, you know, we were trying to order kennels and tubs and it was just like, 
you know, nowhere to put them. And so it's just amazing when you actually remove yourself and the same thing we had hired a a mobile scheduler at one point and she used to be one of our groomers. And then when she um, just came back from maternity leave, she wanted to stay at home. And so she took over our scheduling and we thought, oh, it would be kind of seamless. She's used to our scheduling, our routing, that kind of stuff. And there were still, you know, so many things our other team members were being overworked because she'd say, Hey, so-and-so really needs in and they don't have an appointment. So, you know, our groomers were working long hours because they hate to say, you hate to say no to someone that's, you know, one of your good customers and things. And so once she had another child and decided to quit working on together. So again, we took that back over and it was like, we realized the routing wasn't that tight actually. And then we realized, you know, we set our, our groomers set their hours and we don't deviate from those, you know, maybe once yeah. a month, if it's a special thing or something, but it's like burnout is so real too, but you don't realize that when you're not paying attention to those little details, like, you know, we knew right. they were scheduled and what they were making and their, their hours, but why uh, it was just, I don't know, very eye opening when I finally did step every time I've made another step back. Cause I was like you, it took me I don't know, yeah. probably four years, you know, mm-hmm. I stepped out of mobile and trained someone and we opened the salon and then I got that up and going with the idea of replacing myself. And then I did that within a year, but I was still grooming a couple days a week. And then slowly I got out of that. And then I was down to like a handful of salon dogs, a handful of mobile dogs. And it was like, oh, well, they can't have anyone else. They have to have me. Like, yeah. I have to have, you know, it's just like that. Attachment. And then I got rid of the mobile dogs. And then I was filling in as people called out or went on vacation. But it was like, you know, when you have so many people, that still is a very frequent thing. And it's, it is at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, you can reschedule those dogs. It doesn't have to be me on a whim dropping whatever I'm doing to go fill in. And then I was just down to a handful of dogs at the salon. And then I've just recently this year, um, stepped away from that, you know, part of that was chosen, but part of it is just, it needed to happen. Like, um, so I don't know now that I'm not grooming, I, I don't have one dog scheduled on me. It's just been amazing to actually get to kind of think about some other stuff, you know, things that we never thought we had time for to kind of like, you know, this podcast, you know, we've been kind of toying with that idea, but it was like, okay, well, let's actually make the time for it because we have the time, you know? So I don't know. It's just amazing what you can do when you actually are not grooming every day. And for some people, that's all they want. They want a one or two person show and they do want to groom, you know, forever. You know, this is more conversation for if you're looking to grow and expand and, you know, get more of that, uh, well, I call it passive income, but really, I mean, as you know, I mean, you're still working 40, 50 hours a week. It's not passive, right. but you're, uh, you're yeah. not, grooming. <laughs> you know, if, if you take a week off or, you know, it, uh, the money still is coming into your business and you're not, you don't have to physically be there. Like you can be where right. and whatnot. So I don't know. We've just when with our think one of the first classes we took of yours you know you just you put that little quote work on your business and not in it and it's just like that's exactly you know what if you want to grow and you want to develop and you have to like you said even if it takes two years and you stagger one day at a time like if you don't start removing yourself you're just you're limited and you'll never get to that kind of top end of where you can just grow and grow and grow because you won't have the time. Yeah. And another one of your classes I thought very interesting. You ask, you know, uh, who knows, I think what their average 
ticket is or what I don't price, know. Price yeah. per dog. Price per dog. And, you know, average price per dog. There's a hundred people in there and there's, you know, eight people that raise their hand and it's like, how do you not know this stuff? And then, then yeah. you know, they think they're making money and then they're still struggling at home or whatever. And it's just like, you've got to know your numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think groomers just in general um, open a business because they're whatever they're doing in their current place isn't working, whether it be policies, whether it be personalities, whatever. And it is fairly easy to open your own business. However, opening your own business without having anybody either helping you that does no business um, can be detrimental. And honestly, those businesses usually fizzle out in three to five years and then we're the ones buying them. Yeah. Um, and we're only buying them for assets. So it's unfortunate um, because they're not able to make any money. So the problem, the problem becomes even those people, you know, Molly, like you said, that want to be the only groomer or maybe only have one or two employees. I still challenge those people and say, what's your end goal? Because in, you can't groom forever. You can't. Your, your body won't let you. At some point, you're going to fizzle out. So what's your goal? What are you saving? Um, and then how are you going to get out of it eventually? And I think those are all things that you have to be out of your business and not in day-to-day -to, -day to actually plan and then see through. Yeah, We've noticed that we've been doing some of these like financial coaching and stuff for groomers. Uh -huh. and, you know, our first basic questions, you know, are, do you have a personal budget? Do you have a business budget? What are your savings? And do you put money in retirement? And it's nine out of 10 times. It's a no to all those questions. Yes. Some, you know, some people are just getting started. And so that's great. You're thinking about it now in the starting phase, but yeah. You know, some of these people have been in business for years or decades and it's like, uh -huh. it's still a no to all that. And it's like, you know, they think their business isn't profitable, but it's like, again, it's just taking the time to know those simple things. Like you can print out a couple months worth of bank statements and go through them and come up with a rough budget. So, yep. it's, you know, to us, part of the budget is retirement and thinking long-term. Yep. So like, there's two parts to that. There's like you said, you need to think business-wise, what do you want to do? Do you actually want to grow a successful business you can sell for more than just the assets involved? Or, um, you know, do you want to end up being, you know, an absentee owner? Yeah. To where you're not grooming, because like you said, you can't groom forever, but then, yep. and also like, what are you saving towards retirement too? You know, some of these groomers are getting started and, you know, they're leaping of faith at 18, 19, 20 years old. You know, let's say you groom for 20, 30 years, like, yeah. You know, you have to put in your retirement. There's not another company. You don't work for someone else that's going to give you that. So yeah, you definitely still have to think long-term. Or, you know, we meet people that, and I know you've met them too, you know, they're they're so excited to tell you, you know, their top lines in the seven figures, but yeah, they're still grooming six days a week, 10, 12 yeah. hours a day. And you're like, why? Well, because I'm just not making any money. And it's just like, uh, just a few slight adjustments. We could change that. Like, but they don't yeah. know. They don't even know what's coming in and out and uh, because they're working all the time instead of actually managing their business. And yeah. I think that comes from the personality of, oh, I can't. No one's going to be as good as I am. Yeah. Um, that's a very common mentality I feel of, well, no one can do it as good as I can, so I can do it all. But the reality of it is we can't do it all. Yeah. It's just, it's not doable. And even though you may be able to do that for a short time, 
your body is going to quit on you. You know, it's going to quit whether it's physical issues like I had with wrists and elbows or whether you just get sick. Yeah. Um, so you may be able to do it all for a short period of time, but that's not sustainable. Um, and it kind of breaks my heart when I see those people killing themselves every day. You know, you mentioned earlier, you said grooming six days a week, 10 hours a day. Like that makes me want to cry. <laughs> I just, my heart hurts for those people that do that. I just think that there's, there's no reason for it. And then even the people that, you know, go out mobile and they're just a one person show, they never want to have employees. They, yeah, like we have people in our area that are charging $25 for a bath dog in mobile. And I'm like, it's crazy. That's the gym. I'm like, Hey, you know, you're only hurting yourself and really all of us because we can refer people to you because we're not expending our mobile right now. We're fully booked out. Like we yeah. can refer you clients that we're charging two, $300 for to go to their house. And you're wanting to charge $25 as your starting point. Like you're not even factoring in your gas or anything. And it's like, <laughs> but even if you want to be just a one person, if you'll charge right, you don't have to kill yourself to make a decent yeah. thing. You know, you can groom four dogs a day in mobile and make enough money by yourself to sustain yourself and make a decent living, but not when you're doing $25 bath dogs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And people jump into it and just don't actually look at their numbers at all. Yep. So not to kind of put you on the spot, but what is kind of one of the most, cause you do have so many salons, you guys are kind of, I'm in mobiles. I imagine, you know, running all over the place. There's always fires to put out that kind of thing. Always. Yeah. What do you feel is like your most difficult part of oh, managing and owning that, that much, that many moving parts? Um, I would say setting boundaries, honestly. And that's on a personal side. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's difficult from a business side because, um, you know, we both work on the business every day. So for us, setting boundaries is huge. You know, we work, we do the same job. So it's really easy for us at night, you know, after the kids go to bed to just start talking about work. Yeah. One of us will have a brain fart and we just keep talking about it. Um, so that honestly is probably the most difficult thing for us. We do allow ourselves though. So we pretty much make our own schedules, right? Right. We do what we want when we want, quote unquote. Yeah. By doing that, though, we work ourselves like this time of year through probably February, we will be working probably 60 hour weeks. But essentially the entire summer we take off okay. because we have our kids and we go usually at least three weeks of vacation and our team doesn't bother us. We say we're gone unless the building's burning down. They really don't contact us. They can, they're pretty self-sufficient. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we're doing our 24 budgets and planning right now. We're doing, we're revamping our onboarding process and our handbook and our policies that all takes a ton of time and a ton of energy. So right now we're, we're working a ton. Yeah. But in the summer, we basically take it off. We travel a lot and do some fun stuff. So setting boundaries is is something that we have to consciously think about and work on every day. Um, and then, you know, 
managing employee personalities is difficult when you have 53 employees. (laughs) Um, But it goes back to that interview process and starting right from the beginning and making sure you have the right fit. I just had a girl interview the other day. I talked to her on the phone. I knew within five minutes it wasn't going to work. Yeah, probably just due to personality. Um, I went ahead and had her go into the salon and do a technical interview. And she went in with that team and they were like, yeah, I don't know. And they always try and sugarcoat it, you know, because they don't want to give me bad news that I found this great groomer. And then they're saying, like, I don't think it's going to work out. So I knew um, and I informed her, like, I'm sorry, it's just not a good fit. And that was really hard for me. Uh, Because it kind of goes back to the emotional thing, you know, of like, I know you mean well, but it's just, it's not going to be a good fit. Um, You know, when you are talking to me on the phone and you tell me you don't think $20 an hour is a livable wage, I'm going to have a problem with that. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's just, I can't, I can't have that personality already coming into my salon. Yeah. So it's managing personalities and um you know that's probably the most difficult part the training the grooming the quality even the customers I don't don't feel like is very difficult I think it comes down to being a mediator (laughs) to some degree being able to manage personalities being able to breathe and calm down yourself before you talk to those people that maybe are having a problem Um, those are all learned skills. I don't think they come naturally. So, so those things can be difficult, but at the end of the day, when your family has an emergency or you are on vacation or all of the things and your team is standing behind you a thousand percent, that's the feeling that keeps us going. Yeah. Now you've continued to grow the business uh, and you have lots of employees and we have continued to grow ours too. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, we're lucky, like the last five people we've hired or now six people we've hired, like they came to us. We didn't enter, you know, no, no job ads, yeah. nothing. but yet we've still run into these people that can't hire employees. And yep. I think, you know, I kind of say like at some point you have to look at yourself but I also yeah. think it's because, again, they're grooming so much. They're not working on their business. They don't understand that why their business is not attractive to somebody to want to work there. So how have you continued to um, retain and grow your business uh, while not being in your locations every day? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. And I think, honestly, the bigger you get, the easier it gets because your name is out there more. So people know um, who you are, whether you want them to or not. So to some degree, I do think it gets easier as you get bigger. The amount of applications we have currently versus what we had five years ago is insane. Like I'm always like, where are these people coming from? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that doesn't mean they're all a good fit. That doesn't mean I'll hire them all. I think the most important thing to look at when you're struggling getting people in the door is look at it from an outsider's perspective. You have to pull yourself out. You're going to think your business is amazing regardless. You know, you have to pull yourself out and say, 
what is an enticing, you know, I just offered a job to someone the other day, actually. And it's somebody I know really well. We actually went through training together 15 years ago. Um, And she accepted a job with another location, you know, not, it's actually really not close to us, but, um, and I said, okay, that's totally fine. Like no problems here, but would you mind telling me why? Just so I have an idea. Right. Um, her reason was I like a really small, intimate salon. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to necessarily provide that. We're too big. So I understand that. So I think one, asking people who maybe are, you've interviewed and have decided to go other places, like ask them in a very non-defensive way, why did you pick that other place? That might give you some things to look at. Um, One thing that's very attractive for our company, for groomers coming in is we're only open Monday through Friday. We aren't open on the weekends. We're eight to four. We don't have people work in the evenings. Um, We are very, very, very strict about booking and not overbooking people. We don't ask them to take more dogs at the holidays. Um, We have benefits and we've always had benefits. Yeah. Since day one, as long as you plan that into your budget, you can do those things. Even if you do one or two paid holidays, that makes a huge difference for people. Yeah. Um, I think so. uh, people in that 50% mindset from yeah. 15 or 20 years ago, people now in the, you know, 18 to 25 range, like they are looking for the benefit package almost more than they're looking for. I mean, they obviously have to make a livable wage, like you said, but they yeah. want to know what you're offering too, not just that. Like they want the work-life balance. They want the continuing education. They want the absolutely to have personal time and that kind of thing. Like, like you said, like we, we started with a simple benefit. I think I feel like with our first team member and it was like, I think she got a, a week of PTO, which, and then she got the healthy issue, the teledoc, which overall that was, it, we could easily afford that in our budget. But as we've grown, we've had to expand that benefits package. But again, you, you don't have to just when you offer benefits think, oh, I have to have two or three weeks paid time off every holiday, full medical and dental and vision. Like there's so many things like we've been able to work up to a lot of that just because yeah. of our growth, but we couldn't start with that. If we try to start like that, like there's no way, you know, we could have right. done that. So again, just, just think about like, well, what would you want? Like you said, you got to look at it from the outside, like no benefits versus even some benefits. And and work-life balance was huge for us because I come from a place where I would work. I mean, my computer, laptop, and (laughs) phones went everywhere with us, whether we were on vacation, it did not matter. And so you know how important that is to get that. Molly was working all the time, but like we were strictly Monday through Friday and, but we let our employees pick their hours and we did not want to be open Saturday and Sunday. Now we have employees that want to work on Saturday and we're like, we kind of pushed it and pushed it. It was like, no, no, finally we let them because we do want them to be able to pick their schedule. Um, And it did help out with people who have doctor's appointments and stuff like that. But still to this day, I'm like, I wish we never let them do that. But I mean, three of our team members want to work Saturday, so we let them, yeah. but, but they're like, you know, they're able to work on their own. They're not, we don't have to manage them, you yeah. know, so it really doesn't, and like you said, like, like the building catches on fire, if there's a breakdown or something like right. that, mobile, <laughs> they don't, it doesn't necessarily interfere with our, our weekend. So, and that stuff is going to happen, whether it happens on Saturday <laughs> or Monday, you know, exactly. it's going to happen. So, um, 
I don't know. Yeah. We just, we try when I first started, I had no, like I would take any appointment any day. I some days I'd have Sunday, I'd have one dog and then, you know, but Saturday I may have had 12. Like I just, I didn't say no. Like I was grooming sometimes. Oh, you need an 8 PM appointment for two dogs. Sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I was trying to build book and I set no boundaries and it's like, you yeah. know, six months later, you're like, okay, you know, plus I was in school and it was like, then you try to have yeah. a life and it was just like, oh my gosh. So then it's like, when I finally took Saturdays off, um, cause eventually I'd say within six months or so I was no more Sundays, you know? And so then it was like, so then you, at some point, I remember it was, we're, I was at the lake yeah, we're working. big, we're big lake boater people. And so it was a random, it was like two weeks, two weeks before Christmas on a, and we had a random 75 degree Saturday in December. And so Todd's sending me all these pictures out <laughs> on the lake and beautiful. And I was like, that's it. I'm not scheduling yep. myself another Saturday. If I have to work one for, you know, makeups or whatever. And I did. And it was so, I thought I'm going to lose all these people. And you know what? 90% of those people found a way to fit that Friday. And, you know, we hear so many owners that are just like, I, I have to work Saturdays. That's my busiest day. And it's like, but it doesn't have to be like, you know, those dogs, they'll find a way, you know, and yeah, it's like that was with the salon. You know, we had so many people, oh, you're not open Saturdays. No, but, you know, we do have some flexibility other times or places or like we have one groomer that she needs to leave early three days a week to get her kid from childcare, but two days yeah. a week, her mom picks him up. So she works later. Like, it's just that where the flexibility comes in and like, you can actually schedule what you need. It you you'll find the customers there's always people with dogs that need to be great and the salon owners that make their employees work every saturday and keep wondering why they're losing their employees i'm like yeah you're not going to miss your kids soccer game why would you expect like make them well, work? and i think a lot of them are missing it too though because they think they have to work saturdays or sundays or both and i just um to me that's the best decision we have ever made as a company was to stop working saturdays we had very little you know, lashback, we did lose some customers like you. We do have groomers that still go in on Saturdays. They just don't have our customer service support. So they are very good about telling their customers, if you need something, you know, like you're going to have to listen to your phone because I'm going to have to get a hold of you. Um, so it's just, it works out. Those people find a way and the few people that don't, you know, maybe you make accommodations for them elsewhere, or maybe you don't and they go somewhere else and that's okay too. Like there will be, there are plenty of dogs. I like, love you have 11 locations and 53 groomers and you're not open on the weekends. That's awesome. We are not. No. And we won't do evenings either. We've had <laughs> so many people say, what? You don't at least do one evening in a, a, a week? No, because we have kids and we want to be with our kids yeah. and we have several you know, our core, one of our core values is family, like, and that's not everyone's company. That's okay. It doesn't have to be, but our, our core beliefs and our core values come down to like family and being a family, both with our groomers and with our, our family. Right. So we have to show that and we have to honor that. And a way that we do that is by our family time is our family time. 
Yeah, that was like right, right around the first of October after the quarter ended. We met with each employee individually, and we were like, "Here's all the holidays next year. Do you want the day off before, or after, yeah. or down the week after Christmas, uh, except for our boarding?" But the groomers are off unless they want to work. They can work, but again, there's not the support. Right, yeah. we're shut down. We're and, gone. And we've been planning that since last year. And yeah. So let me just oh, sorry. Last year it was like nine let's just say 90 percent of groomers were like oh no you know because we gave them a year's notice so they could plan they could whatever and they're like oh no i'm gonna have to work and now it's come down to i think we have one groomer working two days during that week and everyone else is like you know i've reevaluated, and i do want a whole week of just downtime and it's like you (laughs) need that especially after the holiday and it's like you know we're like fourth of july is on a thursday in 2024 do you want the friday off afterwards and it's just like i know so many places don't do that it's just one day like it doesn't it's not going to make us go out of business to let people off one extra day, but they appreciate that. That's an extra four day weekend for them. And, and then yeah. we ask them what hours are you going to work in 2024? I mean, we're very flexible in hours, but like, you know, pretty much our mobiles are booked basically for the year because of the routing, but like we can adjust it. But like, yeah. do you want to change your hours next year? And some people do, some people don't, but just asking people what they want to work instead of demanding it's yeah. been a huge game changer in employer retention for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We are very adamant about just open communication with our employees. If you need to change schedules, all you have to do is just pick up the phone and call me. Yeah. Um, and we, I don't think we've told anyone no honestly. And usually they're picking up the phone to add more, (laughs) Um, not subtract. So, you know, we've had some that have been pregnant or, you know, have other health issues and they've had to reevaluate their schedules. And that's just something that comes with the territory. You have to do that for those people and you have to treat them how you would want to be treated. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's like one of our employees called out. They were at the hospital all night with their child and, um, It was like, I think they texted us at four because they were just wanted to let us know because they're probably going to go home and pass out because they'd been there the whole night. And it's like, our response is, do you, we'll be in town later. Do you need us to drop anything off? Like, yeah. it's just those little things instead of saying, is there not someone who can watch them so you can come in? Like, right. Like I said, treat people how you would want to be treated. And they will, because like you, most people that I've seen that go into business for themselves, it's because they're so unhappy of where they're at. So make them happy and then they have no reason to leave. I mean, people are going to leave, you know, but. Yeah. Absolutely. People are going to leave. Um, that's always a revolving door. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to ever be as dedicated as you are. That's just comes with the territory. Um, but at the end of the day, you treat people with respect and you will get that in return and they'll take care of you. Yeah. So where can people, uh, do you have your schedule for next year uh, where people can find you and take some of your classes? I will definitely be in Pasadena. I will definitely be at Atlanta for Groomed. Um, I believe I'll be at PetQuest All-American and Hershey. I do not know about Orlando and uh, New England yet, but I'll definitely be at those ones. (laughs) Okay, awesome. We'll see you at... um groomed we will be there awesome. our team members i think we have two well, we'll see in pasadena oh yeah too. we're in pasadena too okay so. this is my first year going to pasadena i'm really excited our two and we were gonna go um even if we didn't have a class but we ended uh, up getting that's kind of we're doing a habits class like you know awesome but yeah we're excited to go we've heard such good things about that show so yeah 
That's cool. We're trying to get retro there. So that's going to be interesting shipping from Indiana to Pasadena. So we will see how that goes. We drove it to Orlando. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, you need a whole week just to get there and back. Yeah. We bought a van in April uh, from in California, San Francisco, and we drove it back. And it's so funny though. They were, text, they were texting today about like all the vans because everybody's kind of drove everybody's van if someone's off and we're having one of them service and they're like it's kind of like a tinder app like i like this van, <laughs> this don't. and i'm like i have such a bond with the van that we drove and we're stuck in for four solid days yeah. oh my goodness yeah but it's like we have og bob and he was like oh <laughs> endable and he may have to you know go to the doctor for a week but he'll he'll work double time to make up <laughs> work it's so funny you know so-and-so is, you know, and it was just, they did, they all created like a Tinder profile for the van and with these That's different, hilarious. And one of them's a, not a high roof, it's a mid roof. So we have to have oh, a okay. groomer in there. And it was like, you know, um, discriminates against tall, tall people. people. And it's like, <laughs> so it was like, great. that was just such a, a funny thing to open up this morning and then to see everybody add their comments about their vans and stuff and but oh, that's hilarious <laughs> yeah it's a haul so I can't uh, I could imagine that being a logistical thing there <laughs> yeah for sure yeah and shipping's out of control yeah. now so <laughs> yeah yep so we shall see yeah. <laughs> well thank you we really appreciate it yeah thank you so much for having me I appreciate it and I had a blast I hope I hope I was helpful you are definitely <laughs> all right sure you like and subscribe to our podcast <laughs>